Hello. Hello. You like Chris Pratt, right? You know, I actually don't like him at all. Me neither. No, I'm just kidding. I actually quite I'm a big fan of Chris Pratt. Yeah, me too. Um, so his character uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy turns out is going to be popping up in that Thor Love and Thunder. So, I mean, that that's exciting in, its, in itself because the, the, the end of uh, that last Avengers movie, right? Like Thor gets on the uh, Guardian ship. So is this how they're going to, is this the route they're taking to show and explain what takes place after that? Like, I was really hoping that Thor was going to be, like, actively involved in the third Guardians movie. Yeah, and I think he is. I don't know that they've announced whether he is or not, but that's because that's the implication they kind of said, right? Or I guess led with it, you know, at the end of that Avengers one. So it seems like, like I don't know if they've announced if he's going to be like a huge part of it or not. I can't remember to be honest. But it seems like both, like Guardians and Thor are just going to kind of have all these characters mixed together. Well, I, like I really like the idea of them like being on the same screen in the same film and stuff like that i'm just curious about the dynamics at the end of the day of all of it right because if like if from my understanding is chris pratt is going to be in the new thor but it's not like he's in the new thor like as a main character throughout the whole film yeah like it seems like maybe they just kind of come in a little bit maybe yeah so then if that's if they just come in a little bit like is it going to be at the beginning where it's kind of like oh you know, the start of the movie is Thor leaving the Guardians of the Galaxy and then doing his own thing, or would, is it, or is it going to be like a Thor movie and then Chris Pratt pops in and like you know they kind of like do a show back to when they were, you know, flying around together post uh, Endgame, and then at yeah. the same time, if that's the case, if Thor is going to have a bigger or a more like a more significant role in the Guardians of the Galaxy, then that means like. The two movies, not that it's the end of the world, are going to have to be like a time jump. Like when you go to watch Guardians, it's like Guardians actually takes place before Love and Thunder. Right. Yeah, I don't know how that's all going to work. I'm I'm curious. I bet it's not big. Like I, I would almost bet that it's maybe kind of like the first thing you said where it's like they're maybe at the beginning and then that's it maybe. I don't know. Yeah, which just it just makes me nervous because I got I'm, I got to think to myself like if he's at the beginning of Thor, then that's going to explain the last bit of Endgame when Thor goes with them on the ship. And if Chris Pratt doesn't have a main character like a thorough role in this film, then that just means like that's going to be their explanation of it. And I would reckon that me that that means there's a fairly good chance that come. Uh, Guardians 3, that Thor isn't pivotal to it. And I really want a movie where, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor, like, you know, they're all in the same movie. It's not a Thor movie. It's not a Guardians movie. It's like a them movie. Right. I just really like the dynamic of all of that so much. I would like to see a, a whole film of it. Yeah, and I would and this bet... <clears throat> like, I would bet Guardians of the Galaxy 3 or whatever takes place before Thor. But I don't know if that's 
right on that. Yeah, I don't know either. No, no, I'm, now I'm curious. I'm going to check if they've announced that. Now I'm real curious. I'm I'm excited for it nonetheless. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like all all these things because it's like, well, that means they're probably gonna go in this direction. And I guess until it comes out, we never know. But yeah, at the end of the day, I am excited. I'm super excited that Taika Watiti is the one coming behind this because honestly, I think that uh, that last Thor movie was my favorite of pretty much all the Avengers ones, and that was that was Taika's. Tyka's Thor. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely really good. Yeah, it was it was so funny, but like action packing. It was just an all around like a mm-hmm. real good time for me. And I'm super yep. interested to see Natalie Portman coming back and be and you know, becoming Thor. Like I'm curious if this is eventually this is gonna be the end of Thor and like the next chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is gonna be no more Chris Hemsworth. It's all gonna be like Natalie I, Portman, the I, female Thor. I think that's kind of what the implications is. This last Thor movie is kind of, I guess maybe his kind of foray out of it. Which is a shame, like a, a real shame. And like, I, I guess things change, but I know it was not too long ago. You had different people who were part of the Marvel Universe who were talking about like, yeah, I want to do a few of these, but it's not something I want to do all the time. And you know, yet different actors who play the different superheroes throughout talking about their inevitable leave and how they don't plan anything long. And like Chris Hemsworth was like, I fucking love it. If they want me to keep doing Thor, I'll keep doing Thor. Yeah. So like kind of sad because he's he's also one of like uh one of my favorite characters. Yeah. In that for- franchise, which is weird because I mean, he wasn't by any stretch like my favorite character in the comic books or anything like that. But as far as on screen... Yeah. He's he's definitely one of my favorite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm also just like beyond curious to see fucking Christian Bale's villain role too. Yeah. Which I find super intriguing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That that'll be real curious. I'm sure it'll be good because it's Christian Bale, but Yeah. Yeah. Excited for that too. I don't really, I really got a whole else to comment on that. I'm just, I'm excited and I'm nervous all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to know more than anything, like what the timeline of movies is and stuff. Kind of like what you said, like all of that, you know. Which I'm sure we'll get at some point, but yeah. And then we also got uh, the James Gunn Suicide Squad movie. We got uh, old Sly. He's uh, coming into the movie. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Like, interesting to an extent. Yeah. I mean, I feel like these kind of, like, action movies and stuff suit him. Yeah. I just... I honestly can say, though, at no point did I ever expect Sly to be part of the Suicide Squad, but... No, me neither. And, like, I don't know that this is going to be a real big role, by the sounds of it, maybe. 
but yeah, I think that's alright. I mean, there's real, really not much to this other than they just kind of said that he, apparently he's going to be in it. I'm pretty slick. Do we have any? I don't suppose we have any information as to who. No. No, of course not. Why would they? Just, hey, man, get excited. Someone else is coming in. Yep, pretty much. I gotta uh, wonder again, like, if it, like, I've seen so many movies where, like, you see trailers or you hear, like, oh, this celebrity's in this movie. And then you see the trailers and, like, you see the celebrity in the trailer and you're like, you get excited because that person's in the movie and yep. then you go and sit and watch the movie and it turns out that their role is you know like one or two minutes long yeah and to be honest i bet that's all this is uh for just for the fact that uh they finished filming in february so yeah that's um so like i bet this is just like a cameo type thing where it's like hey why pops in and then he's not there anymore which i'm all right with that so, because yeah, I like I, given that they're already done filming, I I couldn't imagine them just be like, oh yeah, no, we're gonna go back for reshoots. Do we have a sly? I mean, they could, but I wouldn't think that. No, I wouldn't either. And so yeah, there's really not not a whole lot else to this other than they were like, yeah, this is happening. I thought yeah. that was cool. Welcome to the team, Sly. Yeah, to that ridiculous cast they got. Uh, I see in other news, Quentin Tarantino is turning his Once Upon a Time Hollywood into a novel. A two-book yes. series. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. I thought Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a decent enough movie. It uh, it was not the Tarantino style that I like the most or enjoy. I felt it was kind of slow moving, and like I get, like I've seen slow moving things, but like I just with Tarantino and with given previous projects, I expected there to be more happening. I didn't expect it to be so slow and character driven. Mm -hmm. So like. I mean, good for him for getting a book series out of this, I get. But, like, I have absolutely no intention of ever reading these books. Oh, I do. I quite liked that movie. So I'm kind of excited about this. And, yeah, it's... This is not something I ever expected to hear. Yeah, I... Like, when I think of that movie, I like I never thought that he would just be like, yeah, I'm going to write a book. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely odd. Especially because, like, I'm, I'm just kind of curious, like, is this because his original screenplay was too long and he wanted to fit other stuff in it? So, like, it's not that hard for him to take the original, kind of, like, split it in half and then fluff it up a little bit? Or... <clears throat> Uh, so it says um, that the book will not be a straight retelling, um, but that it will amplify his original story and give fresh, playful, and shocking departure from the film. So it seems like it's kind of... Mm. Th that's kind of why I got excited about it when I uh, read this, is because I was like, well, if it was just like a straight adaption into the book, I'd be like, eh. But like, it seems like they're going to do a bunch more with it. So, 
Yeah. I'm alright with this. And it's only going to be one book. The second book deal he has is a non-fiction thing. To write a non-fiction book, like after all these? Uh, so the article says he's got like a two-book deal. So the first book is his Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. And then the second book is like a non-fiction one called Cinema Speculation. It's where he basically dives into 1970s cinema. Kind of does like a like an essay style kind of thing about that time, I guess. So. Yeah. Also, not something that I would be rushing to read. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie; I'll, I'll probably re- probably read both of these just because. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You're like right up in there, and like, yeah. I mean, you've gone as far as to actually read screenplays. Yes. In yeah. the past, so I mean, that's definitely more. Yeah, it's more in my wheelhouse. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so it's, uh, and I figured that would be the case. Like when I was reading this, I was like, this just kind of hits all of the the nerdy weird shit that I'm into, where I'm just like, yeah, I'll check these out. That seems cool. So, yeah. But yeah, it, the, I, when I saw this headline, I was like, that is not what I was expecting to see this morning. But, yeah, do your thing, Quentin. <laughs> Why not? Why not, indeed? Yeah, I mean, there, there's no argument. He is a good writer. So, like, I'm just yeah. not much of a book reader. So, <clears throat> that's yeah. that's where my interest veins. But, I mean, as far as his storytelling abilities, like, I feel it's, it's a very natural uh, progression or foray for him to kind of slide into. Because he, he is a phenomenal storyteller. And I always thought that... He might be a little limited given the fact that like screenplays are typically like what 150 pages or something like that. Yeah, around there. Yeah. And so and it's uh, yeah, and I feel like I've always kind of had those same thoughts, which was uh, which always um, as he said in interviews too, like once he's done whatever his set number of movies is, <laughs> he wants to do like limited se- like a limited series. So I'm I'm oh. waiting for that. Wasn't uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood supposed to be his last? I thought he, there was one more after it, and then they're doing they're doing a TV show based on it too, where it's like based on um, oh the western stuff in the in the movie that they were shooting. Like they're doing a TV series based on that. Um, I thought he had one more after this one though. I could be wrong. Well, I honestly thought that like I remember you know the. Oh, I'm only doing so many movies, and I honestly thought the Hateful Eight was the last one, and then he was like, "Okay, no, I changed my mind. There's one more that I want to get out, and that turned out to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood." Maybe, but and but uh, that's not to say that he doesn't have another one planned. I mean, it's just like what, like you know, Once Upon a Time, Eminem always said, like, at thirty, I'm retiring from rap music. Like, I'm going to be old, and I'm not going to rap anymore. Like, thirty's my cutoff. I'm getting everything out, and then thirty came, and he's like. Okay, well, I have all this stuff, so I'm going to put out one more album as a celebration of being 30, but then I'm done. And then, like, a few years later, he's like, okay, never mind. Here's another album. And it's just like... <laughs> yeah, so it's... Yeah, I guess that's the thing, right? Is if he's like, okay, now I got another idea, right? So, But, like, to be honest, I, I honestly think, given some of the interviews he's done, that I think he's he's going to end up moving into, like, TV shows. Which, I, 
And I think he would, uh, I would be interested in like, if they gave him his own like TV show. Yeah. And, uh, cause I remember I, it was in an interview a while ago. Cause someone was talking about, they were talking about like, cause he had announced like, okay, like these are my movies and then, and then I'm done. And they were like, well, like, what do you like? What are you going to do after that? And he was like, and I remember this specifically because at the time I was like, ooh, that sounds awesome. He was like, I would love to do like an HBO miniseries. I was like, fuck, sign me up. But, yeah. Yes. We'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah. It also looks like HBO's Batman spinoff, the Gotham PD show, is already fucking hitting some snags here. Yeah, they uh, their showrunner left uh, due to creative differences, which is uh, usually not what you want to hear. No, that's uh, typically not a great sign. No, you definitely don't want infighting this early on. Yeah, and like I was kind of like when they announced this, they were like, hey, we were doing this uh, Gotham PD show and we got the showrunner that's worked on like the Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire. And I was like, OK, like that's that's some gritty crime dramas. But like if he left for because of creative differences, because maybe he was trying to make them kind of like those gritty crime dramas, mm-hmm. uh, then that's concerning. I mean, like we have we really have no idea what those creative differences are, but maybe they're something completely different but nonetheless yeah it i mean i don't i don't have a whole lot to say other than like this is never like a good sign this early on it's no we'll have to kind of just see how this pans out because the only worst thing that could happen is if they bring someone else into uh kind of head the show and then they also fucking depart for creative differences then that's that's a pretty big nail in a coffin in a lot of regards yeah yeah so like i i wonder if this is a case of he wanted to do something and hbo just didn't like the tone of it or he wanted to do something and hbo gave him like some set stuff where maybe they were like he kind of got to tie it into this this and this and maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't a fan of that. Like, maybe that was the case. And that, that would be, like, my maybe optimistic view is, like, they kind of want to tie it into some stuff. And he was like, no, I'm not into that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I, do, we, I guess we just don't know. Yeah. So. It, it has me a little nervous. Like, yeah. definitely mildly concerned. But yeah, I have to wait and see how that hands out i i mean at least this was early enough like where they can like probably not all the scripts are done they haven't started shooting or casting yet you know at least this isn't one of those cases where you hear like sometimes where they're like you know midway through a season or something like that and they're like yeah the show and her left for creative differences and it's just like that's always a mess so at least this is early enough for like they're not having to like scrap a bunch of shit right Mm -hmm. So, kind of like how that Han Solo movie had a bunch of people leave halfway through filming. So, at least it's not one of those cases. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. 
strange times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Lining. Stephen King. New movie. Yeah. Just days after Outsider gets cancelled. Yes. Fuck. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I haven't read this Stephen King book. So I haven't read it either. I'm just a girl looking. who loved Tom Gordon. Yeah, so it's kind of saying it's uh, is a survival and a psychological horror tale that follows a nine-year-old girl who gets lost when she goes out hiking with her brother, and she's kind of got to survive and, and deal with some stuff. Interesting. Which I feel like these kind of Stephen King books, you know, bit movies. Right, where it's just like kind of a, you know, it's not like, seems like it's an expansive thing, like, um, you know, some of his other works where it's like, okay, maybe that needs more than a movie. Like, this maybe seems like it suits a movie. Yeah. But, I like, I, when I read this, I, like hit this piece of work, like it, like I wasn't like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like I was like, oh, I hadn't heard about that one. I've I've never heard of it, like none of that. So I mean, like the premise sounds slightly intriguing, but I mean, I I like it's depending on like who ends up getting behind this. I'll watch it just because like the onslaught of like Stephen King films and television shows as of late. Has been really good. Yeah. He's, he's got so much work to choose, like for people to be selective and pick what projects they want. Yeah. So I got to imagine, given his vast library of stuff that hasn't been made yet or hasn't been remade yet, because there's a few like older ones that I would like to see remade, like in modern times. Yeah. And considering like those haven't popped up yet, and someone's like, oh, the girl who loved Tom Gordon. Yep. That one. That's the next one. I got to think that there's something to it yeah me too and uh, like i think you're right uh like i agree like it re- it depends on who ends up getting attached to this right you know if they got some good talent behind it then that'll bring my excitement up you know quite a bit more well they had me at psychological horror so like yeah fair enough which i feel like is a lot of his stuff but but yeah yeah fair yeah, I'm. I'm all right with more Stephen King adaptions. Yeah, no, give give me more. Like, uh, just fucking let one of these big boy companies like HBO just buy the rights to all of it and fucking do it. Yeah, yeah. Let that, HBO that, come and like spin off their own uh, another subdivision of like Warner. Like HBO is a subdivision of Warner. Let's let HBO subdivide into like HBO King, and it's just. Yeah. It, just straight Stephen King stuff. I'd I'd be so all right with that because mm. that dude knows how to make real good stories. So and HBO knows how to make real good shows. Yeah, as long as they don't fucking cancel them. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll be curious when we get some more information on this, like who's directing and stuff like that. And yeah, but yeah, more Stephen King. And then, oh, great. More fucking Snyder Cut news. Yeah. Apparently we got a trailer now. Have you watched it? I did, yeah. And? 
Mm-hmm. It, it looked like fucking Justice League. Like I don't, I don't know what. Uh, well, like there was a few things in there where I was like, okay, like that. I don't remember that being, you know, in the movie. But like I just remember watching it, and I was like, that still looks like Justice League, except it's black and white, and it's playing Hallelujah. Oh, I've seen, I've seen, so this, this isn't, is this like a new slice of the trailer? Yeah. Because I much. watched one of the Snyder Cut trailers that was black and white with Hallelujah, Hallelujah, and I couldn't even make it through the whole thing. I was like, this is fucking dull but, as shit. This is, uh, I, from what I could tell, um, it is kind of like very similar to that trailer, but with some, like a little bit of new footage, which to be honest, I, I don't even know what the new stuff was. Because I didn't really remember that first trailer all that much. Yeah, like I almost feel like before I sit down and watch the Snyder Cut, I'm going to have to sit down and watch Justice League and then watch the Snyder Cut immediately following and just carve out like six fucking hours of my life to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like fuck. I like I, I watched this trailer and I was like, that sure does look like Justice League. Except it's black and white. And there's a few new scenes. At, at the end of that trailer, like my thought was just like, motherfucker, just give me this fucking cut so I can watch it already. Yeah, no kidding. Like, <laughs> let's just fucking go. Like, I'm tired of hearing about this sometimes exciting news around it and sometimes uh, like this next story, Jared Letter's Joker will have a different look. And I read that and I'm like, or maybe you could just not put him in the fucking movie. Yeah, that one I like. I found this super duper fucking intriguing. Like, I'm just like, wait, well, like, what kind of, what kind of look? Like, I it says like that he's gonna be like more weathered, like more worn down. But like, I want to see him not look like he did, like with these fucking stupid ass tattoos and like. If you want to give Jared Leto's Joker a new look, um, do it outside of the DC universe. Is is kind of my thoughts, like, mm-hmm. I, I, like I don't think a new look is going to solve that problem. Like you, you can only dress up shit so much. So, yeah, I don't. I so much Snyder cut news. Like I don't even know what to say about it at this point. It's just like like you get a few things where you're like, oh, that's kind of intriguing. That's interesting. And yeah. then you just get like heaps and heaps of like, what? Why? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. This is sounding ridiculous. Yeah. And then you get like a little like, okay, now I'm curious again. And then like another dump truck full of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this like, is just such a, a massive train wreck. Like for, for lack of a better term, like the, the marketing and the hype and like all of this is just a train wreck that it's just like, I don't want any part of this anymore, but I want, I just, I want to know. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, when I finished that trailer, I was just like, man, just fucking let me watch this fucking monstrosity of a cut. Just let me watch it. Like, because I'm still convinced that, like, this whole cut doesn't exist and this is the biggest troll ever. Or somehow a four-hour cut makes that movie better. I, I, fuck, I don't know, man. Release it. Fuck. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's just fucking get it out there already. Enough is enough. Yeah, yeah. Talk about like you said, 
one of the weirdest fucking marketing campaigns. Like, my god. It's like you said, it's like a little bit, and you're just like, oh, okay. Interesting. And then you, another one, and you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I'm just at a loss for words. Like, at this yeah. point, I just, I genuinely don't even know what to say about it anymore. Nope, me neither. So. So, last week, we talked about how uh, Wonder Woman, they were figuring out whether it was going to go to theaters or HBO Max. Turns out it's going to do both. And one of the weirdest fucking deals that this this has got some weird stuff. Yeah. The whole thing, like, it's like, oh, it is going to be released on HBO Max on, like, its actual release date, but only in the States. Everywhere else, it's going to do a theatrical release, but it's only going to be in theaters for one week, and then it'll go to video on demand services. And in some countries, that means HBO Max. In other countries, that means, like, actual VOD services, like, play movies and stuff like that. Like, it's, it is all over the fucking map here. Yeah, so, so some of the details they're saying here is, uh, so it's go it's going HBO Max. You you don't have to pay for it in HBO Max. Like as long as you got HBO Max, you're gonna get it. So it's gonna open up. It's gonna play on HBO Max for the first 31 days, and then they're gonna pull it off HBO Max, and then from day 32 to 60. It'll be an exclusive theatrical window before going to like paid video on demand and then on day 61. That's so fucked up. Right? Like, it's just like. I mean, I mean, like, I'm happy because I'm like, I'm going to be able to see Wonder Woman soon, but like. And they cite here that like. Having that weird, like, okay, it's going to be on HBO Max for, like, the first 30 days, and then, you know, the next 30 days, exclusive theater. You know, it sounds like from reading this article, they cite they were talking to some, like, theater chain people, and they're like, that was the only way they could sling it with the theaters. You know, it was like, if they gave them some sort of an exclusive window, I was like, man, the logistics of this thing seem like a fucking nightmare. (laughs) yeah i don't i'm I'm happy that it's first and foremost i'm happy that i don't have to wait like another five or six months like to like potentially push this until you know hopefully covid's more under control like well into the new year and maybe like i was scared that it was gonna be delayed until next summer and try to be like next summer's blockbuster so like on one hand i'm super hyped that they're finally doing this yeah but yeah so what an absolute clusterfuck of epic proportions yeah so it seems like yeah like you know because um like we've talked uh, and we have another story about this too like theaters and uh kind of studios making like limited run you know theatrical window deals and stuff like that seems like hbo or warner brothers kind of had to crime all of that into like everything at the same time which resulted in this weird release structure 
know. So yeah, just super bizarre stuff going on here. But I mean, at least we're getting it. I yeah. don't. It's, uh, and it, it also says here, which is another th- interesting thing, um, that some of the theaters are, um, are hold on. Um, like they cite that it's interesting um, whether like Cinemark and AMC are, are going along with this because like when it comes to the Universal titles, the theaters get some sort of a cut of the paid VOD. Oh, really? Yeah. That uh, is wh- news to me. That's interesting. Yeah, because they say um, like this article says like it's inter- like it's interesting how they're going to go along with it because they say like the Universal deal like they get some sort of a cut of the the paid video on demand stuff during that theatrical window so it's like i i wonder what that is like if they're doing something similar like this and uh, yeah that's definitely definitely possible yeah it's i mean like we always talk about like um how like this is the direction that it's all going but it's I think this story is a great example of how there's still like a lot of the back end shit that needs to be worked out. Um, right. Or it's like, okay, if we want to do these hybrid fucking releases, how do we get the theaters on board? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I think there's still a lot more of that back end shit that they're, that they got to work out where it's like, okay, here's what you're going to get. You know, if it's VOD same day, you know, here's what you're going to get. Three weeks from now, or whatever the fuck it is, right? Yeah, I mean, at some point, I don't know. Like, I know these theaters are trying to work out these these deals and like all that other stuff, but it's like at the same time, it's like I don't think the theaters are necessarily in much of a bargaining position anymore, especially oh, no. given now. Like, it should be like, like please, like whatever you want, we'll support you. Yeah, yeah. I th- yeah and i think this is a case of like studios trying to keep theaters happy um while at the same time like them going like we also can just like do this on our own but we still want to kind of have theaters to put movies into right so they can't piss them off too much so it's but yeah it's like you said like the theaters really are holding none of the cards well i mean they could piss the theaters off because like at this point what are the theaters going to do yeah, exactly. You, you, you assholes. You know what? We're not going to play your movie for the next month. How do you like that? Oh well, considering that your average fucking viewership in any of your theaters on any given day is five people, I think I'm going to survive. Yeah, and what was I can't remember which theater chain it was, but after like that first Universal deal, that one theater was like, yeah, we're not going to play Universal movies anymore, and then they ended up rolling that back a few weeks later, I think, because it was like really mm-hmm. like that's a that's a real hot shit fucking you know statement to make until you know fucking fast nine comes out yeah exactly and then you're like oh wait actually we will play your movies so like yeah i mean like as weird as this is at the end of the day i'm real happy that i'm gonna be able to watch wonder woman yeah that's really what it all comes down to because i'm real excited for that movie and kind of like you, I was like, eh, it looks like I'm not going to see this till like next summer. 
So the fact that I can watch this on Christmas break, that's cool. I'm excited about that. Me fucking too, man. Me fucking too. Let's see here. Oh, and speaking of Universal, yeah, they signed a deal with the Canadian chain up here to shorten the theatrical window. Yep. You're pretty much the same as what some of those uh, deals in the States were. So it's like three months, um, two is level is 17 days. Which is three full weekends, they say. I mean, that's like a decent run. But I mean, it's like, I know we're not doing as bad in the COVID department as those down in the States. But I mean, like, we're not doing crazy amazing right now ourselves. No. And this has, um, there's another thing that they say in here. So they say uh, the deal also stipulates that if a title has an opening weekend gross of 50 million or more, the film will play exclusively in theaters for at least five full weekends or 31 days or going to paid video on demand. Hmm. So it seems like if it's a big blockbuster, it maybe looks like it's in there for a month and then it goes out. Which isn't a bad time frame. No. No, that's not bad at all. Yeah, not a whole lot to say on that one either, really. No, other than it seems that, uh, like, I think at this point, Universal has made these deals with pretty much every chain. So Yeah. I, I think that's a case of, uh, you know, rather than that Warner Brothers story where they were figuring the shit out, you know, in, like, one day when they're like, hey, this is what we're doing, you know, and then there's a bunch of weird-ass, you know, windows. I think Universal is, like, getting all the shit in order, so then they're just like, hey, this is how it is. First 30 mm-hmm. days it's in theaters, then it's on our video on demand. You know, like it's, then they're not fucking around with all that bullshit. They just have those deals in place. So, I mean, good on them for doing that legwork. But, yeah. Yeah. Not really much else. No, me neither. I feel like we're just kind of like, I don't know. It's pretty repetitive at the point with these theater news stories. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're running out of money. Yeah, we're not making any money. Yeah, we're signing these like short-term windows so that big studios can go video on demand sooner than later because they're not making money off us at the theaters. Like, it just all all indications are pointing that like we are we're pretty fucking close to that next big shift in how uh, in how big blockbuster movies and stuff like that are are sent out to the people. <clears throat> Yeah, I think you're right. So, and then we got um, they're making a new Predator movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I I I, lo- I watched the last Predator one, the one that had Olivia Munn in it. Yep. It was not good. And like once upon a time, the Predator movies, I mean, to an extent, they still are like the original, like iconic. Yeah. And it's, I don't, I don't know how they keep doing Predator movies, but they keep doing them so poorly. Like, like when the first, like my, my hot take on this is like when the first Predator came out, it was something that like nobody had ever seen before. It was completely unique. The story was different. The characters like 
it was just like, whoa, like, what is this? This, you know, futuristic alien and da 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 da. And it was like super gnarly and different and it like captivated people, right? Yeah. That's why it's like so iconic. And it feels like, you know, with series that they, or like movies that they try to like keep pumping out more of, like, you have to progress it a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, the story needs to progress, like, the whole. The big picture of it there needs to be something to it and to me it feels like every time they make a new predator movie it just constantly feels like it's not a new predator movie in the predator franchise or in the predator series it just feels like they're rebooting fucking predator and just tweaking one or two things inside the film it's like every time i watch these new predators it's like this just it feels exactly the same yeah yeah and like yeah, I feel that too, but at the same point, like, at the same way, like, how the fuck do you keep iterating on the Predator movies? Like, uh, I'd be real curious what a new idea for, like, a where you would take Predator. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's... Like, when you talk about, like, okay, kind of iterating on it, like, what would you want a new Predator movie to be? And I don't know. Yeah, like I like it. Just asking that question, I don't know what I would want a new predator to be. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, I I wouldn't want to be the person who had to figure that out because I don't know. I mean, they got the director of the Ten Cloverfield Lane. Maybe it would be kind of cool to like, maybe tone wise, kind of bring it down to like an indie horror kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like small cast fighting something kind of like the predator, but not knowing it is. Maybe, maybe that's the way you do it. I don't know. Maybe. Like, see that? That's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't know. I yeah. just, I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and like, I'd be curious what. Uh, what the guy that did in Cloverfield Lane his idea for a Predator movie is because like he doesn't like getting him on board tells me that maybe they're not just going for like that generic action movie kind of stuff like they did with that last one mm-hmm. and like maybe there is some weird idea for it I don't I don't know I don't need I don't know what I want out of another predator. I, I I don't know either, and that's that. At the end of the day, that's the fucking thing. Is like who who knows? I think like what I would want out of another one is something like complete, like a different take on it, or go back to that dumbass eighties action movie vibe of it, and just straight up lay into that. Like I think I want one of those. Like, just make another dumbass action Predator movie where it's people fighting the Predator and just let me turn my brain off or give me, like, some new take. Mm-hmm. Because these kind of half-step, like, takes, you know, like, on the last one and the one before that, like, tried to, I guess, do a little bit of both, maybe. Didn't succeed at either one. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> Until someone can, like, creatively sit down and redo this, like, the thing is, is, like, I see the people that get attached to these all the time, and, like, 
you, it's like, oh yeah, this guy who did, you know, this decent movie and then a whole bunch of these movies you didn't hear. Like, I think they need to get like just someone who can enter that world and give such like a, a unique and fresh spin on everything. Because that's yeah. the thing is every time they get these like, you know, these moderately successful writers and directors attached to this project, it's it's almost like they don't overly care about the Predator franchise. Like it almost feels like it's just another job for them. So they yeah. go back, they look at the old Predator movies and go, okay, so we include this, we include this, we include this. We just need to come out with the story. And the story is, is one of these fell down here and this is going to be our superhero who defeats the Predator. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, interesting. I don't know if it's, it's absolutely not going to be on my priority list. It might be a, okay, I'll have a fucking boo when I'm super bored and got nothing else to watch. Yeah, I think this is a case of like I would want to see see the trailer and try to get some sort of a sense of like what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. And then like because with the trailer you should be able to tell like real quick whether it's just like another Predator movie or if they're actually doing something different. Yeah, and I definitely think I think it's going to be another Predator movie. Yeah, I think so too. But I mean, if you look at like. Like, the best movie to directly compare it to would be the Alien franchise. Right. Which had, like, a similar stretch for a while, right? Where it was like, oh, Alien was, like, wild and crazy and, like, a cult classic and everybody loved it. And then as they kept spitting out more Alien movies, it was like, okay, this is pretty much just the exact same fucking thing and we're sick of it. But then Alien, like, granted there was that, like, creative spinoff Alien versus Predator. Like, that was intriguing and, like, albeit it was an amazing movie, it was a nice change of pace from like the routine cookie cutter fucking alien and predator movies that kept coming out but like alien did one better and they're like okay like we're gonna do another alien movie but it's not just gonna be like hey here's an alien it's on a ship it's trying to kill people you gotta defeat the alien they like span it off into the universe right and that's when they started doing like prometheus and those films and the covenant and like, I think Predator needs it, like, to do, like, uh, expand the Predator world, you know? Yeah. And now that you were saying that, too, like, I'd, I'd be real curious if they kind of went that route, too, where they were like, hey, we're going to go to the the Predator home world or something. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. maybe that's the way you take it, is you take the Ridley Scott approach and say, okay, we're going to, like, lean into the origins of the Predator and get it off Earth and stop doing the storyline. And, I mean, they kind of did that with that third one they brought the, but like not really like the, it was just like oh we're gonna bring you to a planet but it's still predators hunting humans like maybe you almost take the humans out of it a little bit or something i don't know uh, i don't know if you can necessarily do that because the predators communicate through clicks and clocks right if you don't have oh, yeah. if you don't have humans in there you're gonna have a movie with no fucking dialogue which i mean is doable but i don't think anyone's gonna pay to watch that just, but i uh, i completely agree that i feel like they need to do some kind of origin thing because yes it's always the predators are on earth and they're you know either hunting something and the humans get in the way or they're hunting humans or they take the humans to another world and they hunt the humans on a different planet like i think it needs to be some kind of deeper origin like maybe if this is the next one they take olivia munn and someone else and they're like okay, like, let's figure out what the fuck that was all about, and, you know, they go into space and, you know, discover where these predators come from and why they do what they do, and, like, you actually give it, like, a legit backstory instead of 
throughout the film have them discover little bits and pieces and then they try to like mentally comprehend what's going on like give us a straight up like hey this is where it all started yeah yeah i'd be uh i'd be real interested in that because i think you could probably expand i guess the mythos of the predators pretty good like i bet you there's some real cool shit you can do with that yeah, I think if you put the right people on it, you hire the right writers, like, you could get a good lore. You got enough information to pull from if they actually were making, like, a predator, like, I'm sure have you, I'm sure you've heard of show Bibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I would have to imagine that given there's been a plethora of predator movies, that there is a compiled predator Bible. Oh, probably, yeah. And you know what? Even if there isn't, like, we live in the golden age of the fucking internet, I'm sure a guy could go on, like, the predator Wikipedia and it's all there anyway. Yeah, exactly. But, like, lean into that, pull off of that, and quit just doing your, like, standard, oh, human runs into Predator, Predator decides to hunt human, human defeats Predator, and credits. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, comparing it to how, how that Aliens, the last few Aliens movies went, that's, I think that's a good comparison. I think that's... I think it's it's the best parallel I can draw because like they were coming out around the same time and they were very similar in the way that those films operated and like the flow that they had. The difference is, is like Predator just kept doing the same cookie cutter thing, whereas like Aliens, they realized like, okay, we need to do something more like there's always going to be a space in the theatrical world. Mm-hmm. Or just like stupid mind numbing action movies, right? Like that's why they keep pumping out Fast and Furious movies. Yep. But it gets to a point where I feel like even a franchise's own fans begin to feel insulted when it's just the same recycled garbage. Yeah, exactly. It's like okay, like we've seen this before, like give us something else. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I agree. Huh, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. If those guys want to reach out, I can give them some fucking tips on how to make their movie not suck. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I see we, we've discussed the bullet train with Logan Lerman and Brad Pitt. And it looks like Michael Shannon's joined. Yeah. yeah so it looks like um, this is turning out to be a movie that kind of has a crazy, starting to get a crazy cast. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited about it. I'm excited to see Brad Pitt do some more stuff. Like he was just yeah. on such a long hiatus and when he finally came back with Ad Astra, that was such a terrible movie in yeah. my opinion. The cinematography was phenomenal, but the movie itself was just it was terrible. Yeah. So I I want to see I want to see my boy come back and do some stuff that I'm like hyped about. Yeah, me too. And uh you know the Kind of a movie being, you know, taking place on a bullet train with a bunch of assassins, you know, and uh, the dude who's done work on the John Wick movies, Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde is, you know, kind of helming some of it. It's kind of like that. And then you look at this cast and you're like, that sounds like a real good action movie. Yeah, I have no doubt that this is going to be a, a real banger of a film. Yeah, me too. The uh, yeah, this is cool. When it's like you said, I, and I think Brad Pitt is at that point where he's just kind of being real selective on what he wants to do. 
You know, I wish, I wish, I wish they would give a, give me another fucking Oceans movie. Yeah. And not an Oceans 9. Like, I don't need a sequel to the all-female one. It wasn't a bad Oceans movie. Like, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be straight up honest about that. Yeah. It wasn't like a total mess of a film like when they decided to do an all-female Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was actually pleasantly surprised by that Oceans 9. Um, yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Was it as good as the other Ocean 3 movie? Like, the no. other three Ocean movies? No, it wasn't. And, like, again, all-star cast. Like, just... Yeah. Give me, give me an Ocean's fucking, what, 14? Yeah. I don't even know what an Ocean's 14 would be, but I, 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 I'll take it any day. I just like seeing, like, it's not even just like an all-star cast, but it's like some of my favorite mm-hmm. all-stars. Yeah. Like, to see Clooney and Pitt and freaking Matt Damon all, like, on the same screen, like... I don't know. I just, I absolutely love it. I wish they would do another one and I wish they would throw Ben Affleck on that cast too. Oh yeah, sure. I can see that. And that would be an instant, like shut up and take my money. I don't, I wouldn't need oh, yeah. to see a trailer or a plot synopsis. If you're oh, like, definitely. Oh yeah. Damon, Affleck, Pitt, Clooney, all doing another fucking heist movie. I'm like, yep. Yeah, I'll oh, pay yeah. you right now before the film's even made. Yeah, exactly. Like start a Kickstarter. To- I'll donate. Yeah, all you'd have to tell me is that there's an Ocean's 14 with Clooney uh, and Pitt, and I'd be like, yeah, take my money. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, bullet train. Yeah. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. I don't think there's much more other than, hey, we think this is going to be good, because it sounds real cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the last piece of news that I came across here was like, we knew that there's a last of a show coming. Mm-hmm. I don't recall like how much we knew about who was actually going to be heading it though. Uh, so we knew all of this stuff. So like that they had the director and that, uh, the game creator, like Neil Drunkman was involved. Um, so they announced So when we first talked about this, they announced that like HBO like picked up, like the rights to do it and then this is them giving it the series order so like all of the pitches that like that showrunner and director and the game creator like pitched then hbo and was like okay this is what we actually think the series will look like and hbo was like all right we'll pick that up we'll give that an order for a series so it's like they they had the ip and then like all the internal stuff where they were like okay this is what we think the series will be and then HBO goes, okay, we'll give that an order, like a series order or whatever. So, just one more step to become in reality. Yeah. So I would imagine, um, like some rough first drafts are done, and I would bet that now that there's an actual series order, casting is next. So I bet it's a a few months from now. I bet we get cast announcements, mm-hmm. which I think. That's going to make a real big fucking deal about yeah. uh, this show is who you get to play those two people. Oh, without a doubt. The casting is going to be massive. Yeah. You got to you gotta get that cast right. You got to get some people that can do it. So I'll be real curious um, <laughs> what that ends up being. And if they go with no names or if they go with some kind of bankable people or what, like I'd be real curious. Uh, what direction they go. Mm-hmm. 
actually saw, I think it was like right when this first got announced. Um, uh, some, uh, some, it was like some fan thing and someone did, uh, Jamie from Game of Thrones. You know how in the, like the later seasons he had that big bushy beard. Yeah. Someone did like artwork of him as Joel and I was like, looks wise, that looks not bad. I don't know if I would actually want him as that, but like when I looked at it, I was like, oh, that does kind of look like that. Oh, I never came across that, but that would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who you would want to play. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. Like, in a lot of times where it's like, oh, we might do this movie. Who do you think would be good? There's usually at least a few people that pop into my mind. But, like, in this case, it's like, I have no idea who I think would be good for this. The only thing, I want to say, I saw someone, like, on Reddit say this when they first announced this. Um, Someone was like, Josh Brolin as Joel. And I was like, "That, that would probably be all right. Because I think he's got that grizzled kind of old man look. Um, yeah, I mean he does. But at the same time, like I when I heard that, I wasn't like, oh yeah, sign me up. Um, like I I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure he would be passable. It would yeah. be doable, and like we know he's a phenomenal actor. But I don't I don't know necessarily like when I think about those characters, like Josh Brolin isn't. He's definitely yeah. not anywhere. Like he does have that grizzled look and stuff, but he doesn't yeah. have as similar as a look. Yeah, fair enough. But and I think like at the end of the day, like you can get the looks, you know, with you know some makeup and stuff like that. Like I don't think, I don't think you got to cast this based on the looks. I yeah, gotta, for sure. You got to cast it based on who can play that that character. But but yeah another thing that we're gonna have to wait out and see yeah yep it seems like it's kind of slowly but surely gaining steam so Uh, and I think that's all of the uh, news this week I feel like the news weeks are just getting I mean with all the movies that are being pushed and not a whole lot of new stuff coming out and everything that was on the docket to be released already fucking pushed like these news cycles are Thinning out as we get closer to the holidays, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we we enter into a news week where it's like, oh, there's so much news because so much stuff happens, or it's like, okay, some stuff happened, some of it was exciting, some of it wasn't. Hmm. I guess like the last piece of news, and neither of us have really seen it, is but we talked about it uh, last week or the week before, the YouTube original series Wayne is doing phenomenal on uh, Prime Video right now to the point that Prime has picked it up for a second season. So that's potentially exciting. I can't say that I've watched it yet. It's on my list. I'm almost done with The Sopranos. And when I finish with The Sopranos, I'm going to check that one out because, I mean, to fucking have a hundred, like to have your first season have a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes is kind of a big deal. Like there has to be something to this show. Yeah. And all of like the, uh, critic reviews i've read have just raved about how incredible the whole the whole show has been yeah so that's semi-exciting news yeah yeah i'll be Ho- curious um to get your thoughts on it yeah hopefully it lives up to the hype yeah it sounds like it's in my wheelhouse i mean like it not necessarily the whole like preteen thing but like the fact that it's like this 
convoluted pseudo kind of love story between him and a chick, but it's like seated in like years of trauma and um, like emotional fucking problems as he tries to go and get this like vehicle across the country it's like sentimental but like it's got a real like mobster mentality like it's very brutal it's very graphic he's you know a borderline fucking sociopath yeah yeah it, so, it's got some interesting taglines to it mm-hmm. yeah good for that show I think that's about it for news yeah I know what we watched yeah. So, because you were so up my ass about not watching American Horror Story last week, <laughs> I uh, I watched not only all of Hotel, I also watched all of Roanoke and Half a Cult. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, let's go one by one. Hotel. Real cool. Uh, I really liked Hotel. I think the whole, uh, like, kind of Lady Gaga vampire dynamic. That part was real cool. And then yeah, it was. That, like, FBI guy or cop guy, you know, being a serial killer and, like, uncovering that part. That part was real cool, too. Does, uh... Oh, man. Fuck, what is her name now? She was... She's from the Coven series. She's the witch that, like... Whatever she does, she's like a human voodoo doll. Yes, so she appeared. Yes, um, did she get stuck in that hotel? Remember, uh, I don't remember if she got stuck in there or not. She was in there, and uh, I believe she did because I want to okay. say they killed her. Um, because I couldn't remember which season it was, but yes, like it's super interesting because yes. like that's where they start calling out to characters. Well, not start, but I mean, like that's a call out to a previous season with her. And yeah. then she gets killed in there and she gets trapped. And that actually becomes not a focal point, but definitely a plot point in a future season of her with her, about her being in the hotel. Yeah. And then there's um, they tied it back to because uh, Lady Gaga has her kid in the the murder house with that old crazy doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they kind of tied it back to that a little bit, too. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Hotel is um, really there's also that scene where he walks in and like all of the like infamous killers are sitting down playing poker. Yeah. So one of those killers was the dude with the leather jacket and tight jeans on. And he had like shoulder length black hair. Who's night stalker. Oh yeah. yeah. He is a main character in 1984. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Um, how much they start tying stuff into uh, later seasons because they like kind of drip bed it in a hotel a little bit. Um, well, then, that's what they do throughout all like the series yeah. up until a certain point. It's like little tie-ins, little nods, yep. and then you'll get to uh, American Horror Story Armageddon, and that ties like everything into each other. Okay, okay, that's good to know because that's what's that's the season after Cult. Yes, I believe so. And then it, after that is 1984. Yeah. But yeah, Hotel was cool. I, I quite liked it. And I quite liked where it ended. Um, like that uh, end of the Lady Gaga's number two. 
like kind of eventually just de facto becomes like the ghost parent of the hotel takes care mm-hmm. of everyone yeah like i thought that was actually really well done um yeah it, hotel was cool um yeah how'd you feel about roanoke i actually really liked roanoke really that i did not like that one that one went back to the like uh i don't care about this season for me i actually thought um like i don't think it's the best season um I liked it way more than I thought I would just for the fact that they really decided to like go some places with that series where they're like first half is you know us interviewing docu-style uh, the real people and then there's actors portraying it you know and then they hit the halfway mark and they're like now we're going to do a hybrid season two um, where they're going to have everyone in the house and then they end that and then they hybrid into a bunch of other stuff around this place. Like, I just, uh, the weird places they went in with that show, I thought was really cool. Mm, fair enough. Um, it was not my cup of tea, but it was it was a moderate season. But no, I wouldn't put it. I, I As far as all the American Horror Story seasons, it's near the bottom for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, overall, I like I don't think it's the strongest season but like i kind of went in thinking it was going to be one of the weaker ones and that didn't end up being the case where i was like oh this is actually not too bad um keep gooding jr was he was a nice addition kathy bates was great as always yeah she's always a she's always a charmer there it was cool to see cuba in there it was like oh shit no way yeah and then they brought back uh that girl from the first season daughter mm-hmm for like the last two episodes or something. Yeah. And Kathy Bates is still like seems to always play the bad guy. Or close to it. And she was really great in that. Also it reminds me of Hotel when her and that dude shoot Lady Gaga to the music playing and they're just like dual wielding handguns as they kill them. That scene was <laughs> fucking awesome. I watched that and I was like, yeah, this is fucking great. Yeah, that was a pretty good scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Roanoke. And like, I don't think there's other anything much to say other than it was an alright season. They did some weird stuff with it and I thought it worked. Uh, and then what is it? Cult? Halfway through that. And I'm not liking that season. No? No. I, I enjoyed that season just because it was like I'm pretty sure when that was coming, that was like on the heels of like, you know, the whole first Trump president run. Yeah, it it opens up like that's the crux of that show that season, basically. Yeah. So like, I mean, I don't know, maybe just because like the times are slightly different now, but like at the time it was like I thoroughly enjoyed it because it draw it drew a lot of parallels to real life. And like some of the people who are like crazed fucking do anything for Trump fans. And then like. I also am always super fascinated with cult leaders. Yeah. So for him to be a cult leader and at first he seems like kind of normal with some not so great tendencies. And then like as the season progresses, like he just becomes like more and more fucked up and you find out like, Oh, like this person is in on it and this person is part of this. And like, it's just like a whole lot of Holy shit. Didn't see that coming. Holy shit. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. The, like the stuff with him isn't too bad. Um, but like overall, and I think that's why I'm not liking 
this season all that much is like, because I don't give a shit about that stuff. I'm like, why does this have to be an American Horror Story? But fair enough. Um, you're halfway like, through. I mean, you power yeah. through the rest of it. I think you're really gonna like Apocalypse, just because like most of the whole franchise is like in the back of your head. So when you go into yeah. Apocalypse, you're gonna like be like, oh yeah, sweet, cool, nice, wicked, fun. Yeah, I think so too. And I think um, like so far, like I think when I first started watching this, you were like, oh, there's probably like a few seasons that you might just end up kind of being background ones. And like I hadn't gotten to that point yet. Like I've kind of liked all of them up until this point where like I was like, oh, I'm really into these. And I think Cult might be the one where I'm just like, okay, I'm not super into this one. Like that one might be my eh season, right? Hmm. But yeah, it's pretty good that it's taking you up to this point before one becomes an ass season. Yeah, which is like another thing I wanted to mention is like, to me, like the quality of this series has like consistently been like every season. I'm like, that was really good. That was really good. That was really good. And I'm just like, looking back now, like seven seasons in, I'm like, for this to be the only season that I'm just kind of like meh on. And even then I'm like, there's still some good stuff in it. Like, it's uh, the quality of the show is really good. Yeah, it's I, it's definitely kind of a sleeper, but not a sleeper. Like, those who know and have watched, like, know how amazing and how well done and how yeah. well written the show is. And, yeah. like, you see it advertised. So, like, there's lots of people out there who are like, oh, I've heard of that show, but never really gave it a thought. So, it's not like it's, you know... um, like a cult classic per se like you know it's not like an underground show because it's widely advertised and a lot of people are aware of it and they have big names in that show right so mm -hmm. it's not like it's on nobody's radar but it just seems like everybody sees it and goes yeah that doesn't sound like it's for me so they don't even actually give it a shot and which is unfortunate because like you give it a shot and you're like oh wow how have i not been watching this the whole time yeah, and I think that's a case of why I never started watching it until you convinced me to, is like, I was the same way, like, I saw the trailers, and I was like, eh, that looks alright, but I'm not a horror guy, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why pe a lot of people don't watch it, is because they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a big horror person, um, so that turns them off, and like, yeah, that's a big part of the show, um, but at the same time, there's so much more to it, right? Oh yeah, so much more. Yeah, and it's... It's kind of amazing how consistently they've set the bar quality-wise, where it's like, like I, I, I'm not going to say it's the greatest show ever made, but like, it's consistently good. Like, where I'm just like, this is a really good show. Like, it's, and now I'm kind of, and I think that might be why, like, I'm a little bit disappointed in Cold is because like I hadn't hit that point yet where I was like, oh, okay now i've got like a man one in my mind and i'm like oh that's disappointing because like so far everything's been like that was really good yeah but but yeah i'm curious to get into these uh later seasons for cult and maybe cult will like i'm only halfway through maybe it does a complete 180 and just kind of hooks me in in the last half but oh and it's it's definitely possible yeah I think you're definitely going to dig the the next two uh, seasons, though. I think you'll be right into them. Yeah, I think so, too. Just, uh, like, looking up kind of the, like, where they're on. Like, I was looking at that, and I was like, yeah, those seem, like, really good. So, I'm excited to uh, to start those. 
Mm-hmm. And then I watched um, that Greenland movie with Drill Butler. Yeah, that did not look very good to me at all. Um, it's one of those dumbass Gerald Butler action movies. That's it. That's all it is. And it, that was my Friday night movie. And yeah, uh, comets are hitting the earth and Gerald Butler's got to get his family to Greenland. And then cue generic action scenes of him getting to Greenland. That movie is. And it was all right for that kind of movie. Yeah, that sounds exactly how I would have uh, expected it to go. Yep, and like that's what I expected going into it, because um, that's what I wanted. I was like, I just want some Friday night dumbass action movie while I eat this pizza and have a few beers, and that's what it was. Um, I think it's you said when uh, I think you watched a trailer of it at some point, and you were like, yeah, I saw that whole movie uh, in the trailer, and mm-hmm. like, yeah, you sure did, because um, that's what those movies are, right? Yeah. Um, so if you're going in looking for one of those movies, it's not bad. Like it's it's exactly that. Um, there's some real bad CGI, some real decent CGI. Yeah, that's really all I have on Greenland. Oh, that that's fair. I still have no real intention of watching it, but uh, maybe yeah. one day it just happens to fall on my television. Yeah, it's really one of those ones where, like, if you're looking for just a straight-up dumbass action movie, throw it on. Uh, if you're not looking for one of those, forget about it, right? Yeah. Um, so it's just, if you're in the mood for one of those, check it out. If you're not, then don't, because that's, it's just one of those. Fair enough. And yeah. So, uh, Supernatural ended? Yes, I watched the uh, series finale. Okay, so did they wrap it up in a nice pretty little bow? DW huh. style? Yeah, pretty much. It was... I don't know, like, I don't know how much to say because I don't want to, like, ruin the fucking series finale for you, but... Uh, I think... I care if it's spoiled or not. Do you do you have a lot you want to talk to, about with it? There's a fair amount in there that kind of really irritated me. All right, and like some re- of it I can talk about without revealing anything. Other stuff I can't talk about because it's like central to the plot. Yeah, fuck it. Give her open up the can. Give well, like shit. what what season did you finish off on? Like, what's the last uh, one that you watched? Like, is you are you aware who God is? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, like the whole last couple of seasons. You find out that the guy who's been writing the supernatural fan fiction. Yeah, he's God. Chuck. Yeah, he's yep. God. Yep. And then you find out that like he's fascinated with the Winchesters, that they're his best fucking story. And then later you find out that it turns out God created the world. But when wherever the fuck God came from, there's two parts. There's everything that is the light, which is God. And then there's everything which is the dark, which is Amara, who is God's sister. Right, okay, I remember her, yep. Yeah, so she has some, there's like a whole fucking season where like the whole thing is like, oh, Amara's trying to destroy the world, we need to stop her, and the boys team up with fucking God, and they stop Amara, and they fucking get rid of her. In this whole rigmarole, you get Michael coming back, you get fucking Satan, or Lucifer, I mean, coming back, as well as like every other character that's been in the show comes back. Yep. 
off and on. Okay, sure. So this whole season, it eventually leads up to the point where last season, Chuck is getting fed up with the Winchesters. And basically, at one point, Lucifer gets free from the cage, but goes into the body of the current acting president. And ends up what? knocking, yeah, for a little while there, Lucifer's like the president or the vice president or something. Fucking, okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. weird, but it's short. But while he's doing that, he ends up knocking up this chick that he's like sleeping with. And that's how we get Jack, who is a Nephilim, which is the son of Lucifer. Yeah, I got to that part. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you've seen Jack get born, and he, like, basically goes from being a baby to being a fucking teenager inside of a week. Yeah, yeah, But then yeah. somehow, once he becomes a teenager, he's stuck as a teenager for, like, two years. That part kind of irritated me. That's because it's a CW show. Yeah. So, anyway, fucking Jack is on the Earth, and Nephilims apparently have more power than angels, despite the fact that they're the son of a human and an angel. That gives them some special gift, which makes them more powerful than an angel. Long story oh. short, he has a soul, but then every time he uses his power, he uses a piece of his soul. He eventually ends up soulless. He ends up killing Sam and Dean's mom after she gets like reincarnated for the fucking fourth time and comes back to that show. Right, right. Which makes relationships tense, and then somehow they do something or other, and Jack gets his soul back. Meanwhile, God is like sick of all this and goes, you know what? Fuck you guys. This is all boring. You pissed me off. It turns out there's actually like hundreds of worlds out there in different universes that God made like Earth, I guess, for lack of a better term. There's like a bajillion Earths out there. Okay. And in each one of these Earths, there's a Sam and a Dean. And in each one of them, they're doing something different. It's only the Earth that we've been watching as the show that has like the Winchesters doing all these trials and winning and losing. And another Earth... You know, both of them go to school and Dean's a mechanic and another fucking earth. They're like, they're fucking demon fighters, hunters or whatever, but they're like not very good at it. And then anyway, so there's just okay. a whole bunch of variations. But the one that we've been watching in the show, that's God's favorite version of Sam and Dean. They get into a tussle. He decides he's just going to fucking he needs to a good ending to his story, which is going to be Sam and Dean killing Jack. And then, of course, Sam and Dean, having a heart, decide not to kill Jack, despite the fact Jack killed their mom. Right. And refuse to kill Jack. So then God gets mad and threatens to kill them. So then they attack God, injure God. He gets pissed. He fucking flees. And then, like, everything from that point is the last two seasons where it's, like, this battle between Sam and Dean and God. And in the meantime, God is going around to all these other universes and planets and completely fucking destroying them, wiping them off. The face of existence. I don't know. So okay. we're down to one goddamn world. And okay. it's this like, okay, Sam and Dean have to figure out how to beat God. And of course, they come up with a solution and it fucking backfires. And then they come up with another solution and it backfires. And somehow there's always hidden lore in a book hidden somewhere in the bunker that they didn't know existed of that course. has the recipe to fucking solve their problems, right? Of course. Yeah, it's a CW show. Like, of course. Mm hmm. Yeah, I so feel it, like that was always how that show was going to end with like some battle with God. Because how do you top that, right? Oh, but this is where it gets upsetting for me. Oh, okay. 
So the last couple episodes, they finally like figure out that they can defeat God by turning Jack into like an atom bomb and sucking all the energy from God. Uh, but they need Jack to like swallow the bone of Adam, like a rib from Adam, the original Adam and Eve Adam. Okay. Which he does, but they need Amara to help. Okay. And then God talks Amara into like not helping them and helping him instead. So he absorbs Amara and now he's both light and dark. Oh. And then gets out of the bunker. Jack ends up dying. And then there's like, I don't know if any of the episodes you saw, the place called the the Nether or the fucking The Empty. That's what it is. Uh, that sounds familiar. When angels die, they just go into the empty, which is literally just like this black infinite right. space of nothing. Okay. Way back in the day, the Save Sam and Dean cast made a deal with the empty to let them fucking live. He would go into the empty whenever the empty chose. This whole fucking fight scene happens and then fucking Jack ends up exploding. They don't do anything to God because he disappears. Jack goes to the empty. Cass goes to the empty. They're like, oh, fuck, what do we do? And then straight out of Avengers Endgame, uh, God snaps his fingers and everybody on the fucking planet disappears. It's literally just Sam and Dean left. And that's how they end it? No, not quite. That's almost how they end it because they're just like, thumbing around for a while and then all of a sudden Lucifer shows up. Okay. He was freed from the empty by his father, by God, because right. the one thing that can defeat God is written in God's death book. Apparently death has books on everyone that tells you like their whole life story and how they die. And okay. apparently even though God created everything, including death, there's a death book for God. And that's the only, in the death book, that's the only way to know how to, how God dies. So okay. everyone's trying to get this book, including God. For some reason, God can do everything, but he can't access his own death book. So he frees Lucifer. Somehow this ends up freeing fucking Jack from the empty, and he comes back. And it becomes Lucifer trying to trick them into like, hey, yeah, my dad let me out, but I'm still pissed at him. Let's fucking get a new reaper, turn the reaper into death, we'll read the god book, we'll kill dad. Of course, Lucifer double-crosses them and fucking leaves. They so, somehow come across Michael. <laughs> yeah, go oh, ahead. Oh, uh, so hold on. I specifically, and I could be totally wrong here, but I thought I remember like when there were some death storylines that they specifically mentioned that death had nothing to do with God and that he was around like long before him. Oh, maybe that's the case and I missed that. That would solve one of my grievances with it. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it was, because I remember... Uh, I can't remember what season it would have been, but I remember it was like the storyline where they end up killing Death. And Death was like, yeah, one day I'll, I'll reap God. And he was like, I've been, I've been around since no one knows. And I think that's the case. That could be it. I've been watching these like every season as they come out. So like those older seasons, like they're years and years and years behind me now. Yeah. Okay. So that that's totally possible. The logistics of it doesn't make sense because in order for there to be a death, there needs to be something to be. Something needs to die in order for there need to be a death. And if God created everything, then one would think that death came after God. Otherwise, what's the purpose of death? Because without God, without creating everything, there's nothing there to reap. Nothing yeah. exists. So, like, it's just the logical fallacy that doesn't fucking sit well in my head, but... 
to, to be honest with how many uh, like seasons the show is i bet i bet that's not the only inconsistency <laughs> yeah okay but yeah but no, nonetheless fucking jack comes back lucifer comes back turns out michael's been back the whole time hiding in a church they all figure out a way to fucking get a reap because i guess when a reaper dies they become death if there's no current death so they end up killing death okay and then a reaper comes and they like sacrifice a reaper to turn the reaper into death to get death to get the god book and read it and shit and of course that's when lucifer's like haha i'm not doing this for any of you guys i double crossed you i know you're all surprised you're right so that all fucking takes place he goes running to fucking dad somehow michael ends up like killing lucifer so lucifer doesn't isn't able to give the god book to god okay and then they devise a plan to go through the book and kill God with God's with the God book of how God fucking dies. Okay. So which result God, which results how, in them finding a spell. So they lure God out, they fucking do this spell, God shows up, and it's like the Winchesters, of course, with uh Jack and Michael. And then lo and behold, Michael, always vying for dad's attention, actually told his dad this was going down and like double cross the Winchesters as they were trying to do this spell and the spell didn't work. Of course. Yep. And then God goes, you know what? Fuck you. I still don't like you and kills Michael. Okay. And then it becomes like, God's like, all right, I'm fucking done with this. And it's literally like a five minute montage scene of God just beating the shit out of Sam and Dean Winchester. Okay. Just like punch after punch after punch after punch. And they keep getting up and then he beats them down and then they get up and then he beats them down. And like for five minutes, like it was to the point where I'm like, okay, we get it. God beat the shit out of him. Like, let's fucking move on here. Well, it turns out that when Jack swallowed the fucking bone from Adam, it gave him the ability to absorb energy and power from everything. And when fucking the boys killed Lucifer inside the bunker, he absorbed Lucifer's power and became more powerful. And oh. they somehow secretly knew that Michael was going to betray them, so they actually couldn't read anything in the God book. It was all a lie. Oh. And they knew that Michael was going to betray them, so they waited for Michael to betray them, and they knew that God was going to kill Michael. So when God killed Michael, Jack was hiding behind some trees nearby and absorbed all of that power. And then the whole time that fucking God was beating the shit out of the Winchesters, he was like releasing shockwaves of cosmic energy that Jack was absorbing. What? Yep. So Jack just kept sucking up all this energy from Lucifer, Michael, and then every punch that God threw, it was kind of like punch and then like an energy shockwave kind of comes out. And Jack was just like hiding around the corner, absorbing all of this. And then in typical Winchester fashion, they get up and God's like, why are you guys getting up? Like, it's over. And they kind of laugh and they're like, no, Chuck, you fucking lose. Ha ha ha. And he's like, I don't understand. And then he turns around. Jack touches him by the on the fucking head and literally takes all of God's power. What? And becomes God. Fucking what? Yep. So God, like, loses his power, drops to the ground and starts like tries to snap his fingers and nothing happens. And then they explain how all of this came to be. They explain Jack can absorb energy and they figured out that fucking Michael was a snitch and all this other shit. And Jack had enough power that he was able to absorb all of God's power. And now God is just a normal mortal. 
So the first thing Jack does is snap his fingers, heal the Winchesters after their fucking ass kicking, and restores like all life back onto Earth. Like all the people come back all of a sudden and shit. Okay. And then that's pretty much it. They're like, hey, Jack, like, sweet, you're, you're God now. You have all these powers. Think of all the good we can do. Like, let's go back to the bunker and celebrate with some pizza and beer. And Jack's like, I'm not going back to the bunker. I have stuff I need to do. And they're like, whoa, like, are you going to lean into this God role? Like, are we going to see you again? And then it's like this, like, 10 minute, like, holier than thou kind of like biblical speech where he's like, you may not see me, but I'll be around. I will be in the air that brushes past your hair. I will be in the smell of this when you come around and... Whenever people need me, I will be there, but they don't need me because I will be in everyone. And it was just this like weird fucking God speech. Okay. And then Jack disappears. And that's the end. And then that's the fucking end, followed by like a five minute montage of like supernatural from the very first episode up until this point where like they play like a sad slash happy song and then just show clips from the entire series. Huh. I feel like that show deserves a better ending than that. That's how I felt. <laughs> and like it's a CW show that went on for like however many fucking seasons. I'm not expecting the greatest ending. But hearing that Yeah, I, I was I was pretty bummed. Like I didn't expect it to be a mind blowing ending, but it just Yeah. It like unlike with like other shows like Entourage, I felt sad because I loved it so much, right? Same yeah. with like Californication. Or yeah. then you look at like Dexter and I was mad because like that was just so uncharacteristic and unrealistic of that series. Yeah. It was like this is terrible. And I felt furious that that's the closure they attempted to give me. Yeah. In this case, I just felt ripped off. Yeah. It's cause it's and this is a this is a long running series, right? Like yeah. 14, 15, 16 seasons, somewhere up in there, hour long episodes, like Yeah. In some seasons, twenty fucking episodes a season. Like this was hours of my life throughout the years. Like I grew up watching this show yeah. from start to finish. And that ending was just like like I knew because it's it's supernatural. Like I knew they would yeah. find a way to defeat God, but to have yeah. Jack yeah. become God and then give a fucking a Bible speech essentially and then disappear. It like yeah. it felt like a ripoff, but then it also left so many questions. Like the whole yeah. reason, like God had stated previously, like he made, you know, monsters and vampires and other all that other shit because it's entertaining and it keeps the story going and da 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 da. But it's like, okay, so if Jack is now God, does that mean he's not gonna allow fucking vampires and werewolves and like all this other weird shit to roam the fucking earth? Because one would think if they want everything to be good and Jack is going to be a good god by all accounts, because they lead you to believe that he's going to be the god that everyone deserved and not the shitty right. one that they got. Right. It's like, okay, well then he should be eradicating like all this other this shit, in which case like Sam and Dean don't have anything to do. So now that they're in their fucking 40s and all they've ever done is hunt their life, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. That, it just that, it, it left me with a lot of questions, a lot of unfulfilled fucking plot holes, and it just it felt like a cop out. Like it felt yeah. rushed. It it didn't feel like they took the time to write a genuine ending. It was like, well, we know we have to end on a good note. We know that 
they have to defeat God. So let's fucking let's have them defeat God in one fucking episode here. We'll wrap it up. God's God is now fucking Jack and everything is fine in the world. Cue 10 minute happiness, nostalgic montage. Yeah, this to me, this feels like if this was a regular season ending, it, it'd probably be like fine. But as a show ending, it feels like it, it falls short. Yeah. Huh. Huh. So I was, I was pretty, I was, I was mildly heartbroken to be honest. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I didn't expect like an ending where I was like, that was awesome. I'm so happy. Yeah. Like I, I expected there to be some fucking letdowns in some regards, but I didn't yeah. think that it was going to be that this fucking big of, of a heartbreak and a letdown and a disappointment. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty bummed about how they decided to wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like I said, like, you know, if, if your expectations are realistic, you look at Supernatural, you know, it's like a 20 to 24 episode per season show on the CW, like, you're not going to get the greatest ending, but, like, you kind of want something after that long, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you want something decent, and it seems like they just kind of ended it like a normal season and just called it good, which, yep, that that's was- a decision, I guess. Yeah, it was disappointing. Ah, uh, huh. I yep. The montage finished, and then like, I don't know. Like, and this is one of those cases where like after their little montage of uh, of like scenes from throughout the entire series, it's yeah. something like I thought like would have given me like the good feels. Yeah. But, like after that montage, if they like, you know, had two minutes of the cast and crew celebrating after filming the last scene, like that glimpse into like, okay, this is like how everyone feels now that they're, you know, like when the big bang theory, like, I don't know if you ever watched that show, but like it's, I used to really like that show. And then it just like went way downhill, but their very last episode, like at the end of the episode, it was like a few scenes of like the cast getting together, reading the final episode and like, it showed them after they filmed like the final scene where it's like, that's a wrap. That's the end of the show. And like how everyone was celebrating yeah. and emotional. Like I was hoping to get something like that because it's like, yeah. at least that'll hit me in the feels and like may, may, make me forget how disappointed I was with that ending. But no, it was yeah. just montage. And then the normal credits where you hear that weird ding, ding. And then you get the fucking guitar solo with the fucking black screen and the white credits. I was like, yeah, this does not feel like a series finale to me yeah which is like it's all right to like leave those endings up in the air if you're like if if you're that good of a show but like i feel like for this like yeah it it probably needed more yeah that's that's disappointing to hear Mm -hmm. Huh. yeah so that was that's the end of Supernatural for me. I couldn't. I was like, "God damn!" Huh. I was expecting to get hurt. I didn't think I was going to get hurt this badly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. Yeah. Damn. Just yeah. wait till you eventually get there, and you'll be like, "Oh man, yeah." Wow. Yeah, I kind of have that feeling of like when you're like, "Yo, you should watch Ray Donovan," even though you know it's going to end. I, I like I kind of want to do that with this now. We're just like now I kind of want to see this. 
Yeah, well, and they, again, the difference is like this one leaves me sad that it ended that way. Ray Donovan yeah. made me mad because it's oh. like, how could you do this to me? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Huh. Oh, shit. Huh. Yep. Okay. Don't have much else to say on that. All right. Okay. The only other thing I watched is I've just been continually making my way through the Sopranos. I think I'm I'm down to the last like fucking seven, eight episodes somewhere in there. I'm almost done the last season. Okay. And, so are you still liking it? Ah, uh, it's kind of getting disappointing to me, to be honest. Okay. Like the first and foremost thing is like I don't know, they play up not play up, but they talk a lot throughout the entire series about you know like the families and like they're the crime families and like they always try to give you this sense of like this is a mafia family like a real italian rooted mafia family similar to like you know the gaudies and they reference fucking goodfellas and the godfather and all that stuff but like the as i like made my way through the entire series it's like at no point did i ever feel that these guys are like a legit threat or a legit crime family because it always it just it's like five fucking guys that go and shake people down and beat them up like it didn't give me that grandiose like oh oh he's part of the soprano family like that's a big deal these guys are like a big deal like i like in the show like when people are like oh that's that's tony soprano's kid like the soprano's like or a crime family, you got to be careful. And in my head, it's like, well, I'm watching this and I'm watching all the ins and outs, and this doesn't feel like a big organized crime network. Like, and I don't think they ever like truly played up into like how powerful they could be. Because, like, from my from my side of things, watching them, it's like this is not a crime family. This is just a fucking group of no good nicks who commit like petty fucking crime. I wouldn't I wouldn't describe them as a crime family or a mafia syndicate at all and see i i viewed it opposite where like i based it on like they are that but just on a smaller scale because it's like they're running like queens or whatever the fuck it is or wherever they are like, jersey like, yeah jersey so it's like it's not that big and that's like what their territory is so i viewed it as like it's small in that sense that you don't need this sweeping thing which but, which would be fine if it weren't for the fact that they talk about other crime families that have like that whole big territory like right now in the sixth season they're dealing with and i already forget the fucking name the other crime family and like they're the crime family of new york right and they play it off like they're the same in the sense of like their power and their reach and what they can do it's like we're equal crime families we just run this like small little fucking town in new jersey and like you know steal wine bottles out of the back of cars this crime family, like, they're the fucking, they run all of New York, but we're the same. And see, I feel like that's, that's fine, because that's, like, the whole, like, they're kind of the same, but just different territories. Or they, like, kind of work together, but not really. Like, there's that understanding of, like, yeah, they're just New York, right? Like, they do their stuff in New York, we do our stuff here. Yeah, but the way they portray it, or at least the 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 vibe I got is, like, Yes, they run, like, they're the crime family of all crime families in New York City. So, like, they have that city, which uh, is a massive city with a massive population. And the vibes I get from the Soprano family is, like, they're in charge of this one small fucking town. 
Yeah. But either way, I, like I, I see where you're coming from. But yeah. I, like I, that part kind of like bothers me mildly, but it's not the end of the world. What's been kind of bothering me is like, I know this is the last season. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I know how the last episode ends. Like, I don't know everything that leads up to it, but I just like everyone cried and complained forever when like the last scene is all of them sitting in a diner and the screen fades as to like whether like they don't tell you definitively like if they're gonna do Witsack or fucking fight or whatever the fuck it is you know what I mean yeah this is what I gathered like I haven't watched the final episode but like I've heard about it yeah and like I, I don't want to like say exactly what it is yeah Either, but, either yeah. which way, my feelings right now is like, given like the little bit of knowledge I have about the very last episode, I'm sitting here going like, when is like, it feels like it's not progressing there. Like, like I'm like more than halfway done the sixth season and there's nothing to indicate that we're coming to an end. It feels like every other season where it's like, here's a small problem. Now we're going to fix it. Here's another problem. Let's do that. Oh, here's this like weird conflict of interest. Okay. Here's that. Like it, it this season so far hasn't been like there hasn't, in my opinion, hasn't been a build up to a conclusion. It's just been like, oh, like if I would have jumped in and started watching, if I would have watched the first two seasons and then went straight to the sixth season and started the sixth season and watched the first half of it without knowing it was the sixth season, I would straight up think it was like the third. Like, you know what I mean? Like without knowing that this is the sixth season, yeah, because, yeah, they don't have, like, theories spanning, I guess, arcs, right? So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so there's, like, no build-up. And then there's just, like, some other mild annoyances, like how when Chris was uh, hooked on drugs, it seemed like everyone, like, caught on to it immediately and was very, very fucking aware. It was like everyone was a drug-sniffing dog and everyone knew he was using. And now we're, like... He goes to rehab, gets sober, blah, blah, blah. But we're like halfway through season six and he's like back to being a full-blown fucking drug addict and like nobody's been able to pick up on it yet, which I find slightly odd. Uh, they resolved that. That's all I'll say. No, I, I, they fucking better. Uh, the whole side story with Vito being fucking gay, I thought was kind of pointless. I yeah. mean, I, I get that it kind of leads into where I think this is going to end because the other crime family, like the guy who happens to be Vito's brother-in-law ends up like killing him in that fucking hotel. And that's starting like that rift between the two crime families. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, for sure. But it took a while to get there. Cause it was like last season. Meadows fucking boyfriend shows up construction site, sees Vito blowing a guy tells Meadow. And it's just like, that's the end of the fucking story for like half a season. It's like, is no one going to address the fact that fucking, Vito sucking security guard dick. Right. Like, why is nobody saying anything about this? But yeah. like it eventually got there. It just felt like the timing and like how they played into that storyline. They spread it way too fucking far. And I also didn't care to have so many scenes where it was Vito up in wherever the fuck he was, Maine or Boston. Oh, right, or, right. Like having his like little side life, like they, I, I understand that, the importance yeah. of showing like he ran away, and this is him trying to accept that he's gay and live the gay lifestyle, and then deciding that ultimately it's not for him, and he misses the money and he misses the power and all that other stuff, and goes back to Jersey. So like I get that, but I just feel like it was long in the tooth. They didn't need as much of it as they fucking showed. Yeah, that's fair. 
I was absolutely heartbroken uh, during the one fucking scene where they wiped out Chris's fucking fiance, though Adriana. Yep. Yeah, like, I was. I was curious if you got to that point because last week you were talking about you were like, oh, I'm like kind of curious if they ever resolved that uh, that plot line, and I was like, yeah, no, they do. <laughs> yeah, I was. And like it came like they I, I think they did a phenomenal job in the way they played it because it was yep. like they have that breakdown and Chris almost kills her like yep. chokes her out but then doesn't and then is like what are we going to do and it seems like he they're going to formulate a plan yep. and then to have like Tony call her and be like oh he OD'd he's in the hospital like yep. what happened I was like oh shit like I genuinely thought like oh fuck he really did fuck off and he's like so Yep, torn up on the inside he OD'd but that was just a fucking plot to get her in the vehicle and as soon as I buddy's talking to her in the fucking car and yep. to start driving by the trees I'm like that's not the way to the hospital nope oh yep. man and yeah so like it hit me right in the feels yep. when they like got out and she was like please no and like running and crawling and yep yep yeah and I feel um so like it sounds like maybe some of your complaints is like some of those branching stories just take too long to resolve not that they take too long to resolve like i'm i'm okay with a slow burn right some of these side stories i feel like because they're side stories right so like you you want to know what's going on with the main plot the main story arc yeah some of these side story arcs it's like yes they are interesting Mm-hmm. And I do want to see where they go. And I know that most of the times they tend to creep back into the main story. Like they, they tie yeah. in and they are a focal point or a turning point for the main yeah. um, story arc. It's just there. There's several of them that I feel are too fucking long. Okay. That's like fair. there was several episodes in a row where like, I'm going to say out of the one hour episode, 20 minutes were spent like, with Vito gallivanting around and going to bars and wanting to be a firefighter and fucking eating flapjacks in a diner and having romantic countryside motorcycle rides where then they have a picnic and have sex on the fucking blanket. It's like, yes, I understand. I completely agree that this is like, especially where I am now. I'm like, Hey, that was pivotal because this whole Vito thing is what starts the rift between his family and the other family. Mm-hmm. So I get that. However, like over the span of the la- of this whole season, I don't think there needed to be, you know, like more than an hour of Vito being gay in another fucking state. Yeah. And um, I want to say I had some similar feelings watching that show where it was like maybe some of those did go a little too long. But at the same time, that was also what I really liked about that show is like how some of those side ones just kind of like slowly progressed and then kind of slowly crept into the spotlight. Like, I remember really liking that part, but yeah, I I could see, like, a few of them being like, okay, that was maybe a little bit much for, for what that needed to be, right? Yeah, it's it, it, like, again, like, I'm all for these, like, side story missions that create, or story missions, these side stories that creep into the main one. Because yeah. in a lot of times, these side stories become a turning point or a focal yeah. point in the main story arc. I'm all for it, Yeah, but... In a, it's not and it's not all the time, but there have been several instances where the side stories just straight up feel like fluff. Where it's like, okay, we have right. an hour long fucking episode, and like, I don't know what else to put in here. So like, let's just throw in ten more minutes of completely irrelevant and nothingness fucking montage scenes of this. Yeah, that's fair. 
but like so like i'm still yeah. really liking it as a yeah. whole i'm getting a little bit annoyed hearing uh carmella constantly hound tony about fucking adriana being gone like let's hire a private investigator oh yeah it's like that better have be for some reason because like all this all these scenes of her like having death dreams about adriana and pushing tony to like find her and pushing tony to hire a pi and like all that other stuff it's like that better lead to something because it's just annoying at this point i don't remember that part i don't remember how that part ends i also don't understand steve buscemi's whole fucking role like i get that he was the cousin and he went away and tony feels guilty because you know like oh i should have been there we should have done time together and all that other stuff but like it just seemed pretty out of the blue when his cousin like just straight up murdered those dudes and sparked that whole fucking initial problem with that other family right it was like like then they like later on they go on to say that he has like some rage issues but prior to that the only rage issue you saw with him was when that fucking asian guy came in while he was painting up his like soon to be new massage building and he like snapped on him and like beat him with the two by four and knocked him into the fountain and stuff that was the only time you really saw him have any kind of outburst other than that he was incredibly calm very collective wanted nothing to do with the mobster life and by all accounts everything that they showed he's actually like above intelligence like he's a smart guy and then just it just seems like in one episode everything flipped and all of a sudden he raged murdered two dudes and like fucked everything up right which I thought was like surprising, but it just seems like there was no buildup. Not that there has to be, but there was no indication that he's that kind of person. It's like they're like, hey, here's all the backstory. Here's all the progression of this character. This is where he is. This is our character as a whole. And then it was like one day they were like, yeah, it's too boring having him do this. We're just going to have him do a complete fucking 180 as to like how we developed his character. That's how it felt. Yeah, and I don't, I don't remember how that that one that story arc ends. And I'm also just starting to wonder what like I understand Tony gets value out of the therapist, but there's just been a lot of therapist centered, like side story arcs that I'm like, this is why. Okay, like they don't seem to have any payoffs. Like the one in particular, like the scene when she's going to the car garage and she ends up getting raped. And, like, beaten up in the stairwell of the parking car garage. Like, they talk about it that episode, and then, like, that was it. And, like, nothing comes of it after that. She doesn't talk about it in her own therapy. Well, she does very briefly, but, like, it didn't seem like it really served that much of a purpose to, like, the fucking series as a whole. I thought that one got resolved. Not not as far as I recall. It's, uh... I could be wrong, but I thought for some reason, like, Tony hears about it. Well, yeah, she tells Tony about it, but, like, it's not like Tony finds the guy and kills him or anything like that. I thought he did something. No, because she didn't even know who it was. It was just some black dude in a fucking stairwell. Oh. Because, like, that was my thought. Like, I was like, oh, she's going to tell Tony. Tony's going to, you know, get defensive because he has this, like, deep connection with her. Right. He's going to find the dude and fucking whack him. And I'm guessing he's going to admit to her at some point that he found the guy and whacked him. And then that's going to bring up like more 
confusing feelings for her as to like she's happy and thankful this happened but she has a responsibility to be against it and believe in the law and that's going to cause inner turmoil with her and that'll lead to more character development for her but as far as i recall that did not happen then that's not how that played out okay yeah i i could be totally wrong for some reason i was thinking something did happen with that but it's been so long since i watched the show mm-hmm. so like the, the the show as a whole is phenomenal and they have some great writers I just feel like at some points they've had some like, shit, what do we do? We're out of ideas. So they just like throw shit at the wall until something sticks. And then I feel like there has been throughout the series some stuff that they bring up that in any other show or series, like in any other circumstance, would have some sort of like pivotal effect or role in the series that it would like, you know, be a jump off point for something. And it's not. And like, there's lots of things that happen in shows that like happen and like, that's it. That's all. But these, there's been some defining moments where you're like, Oh, this has to be a jump off point for something. Like there's no way that they don't address this later on. And I've, I've seen a few instances where they like bring it up and you're like, Oh shit, what's going to happen. And then nothing. It's like, they bring it up for the sake of conversation and then never talk about it again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't remember having that feeling, but like I said, it's been so long that unless there was, like I knew which one, to think if, like they actually do something with it or not, but yeah. Well, I with some stuff, but with, I'm just saying there have been things where they seem like they're big pivotal fucking moments that are going to lead to some sort of like epic shift in some kind of dynamic or character development and nothing, nothing comes from it. So it's. It just kind of seems like, yeah, just kind of like fluff or filler or they throw an idea out there and they had plans for it. And then as the season progressed, they decided to go a completely different direction and didn't bother explaining it out. Or maybe not like this happens all the time, just like a few times. Right. And it's not enough to pull away from the show as a whole. Right. Right. Like I'm, I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. It's just like little things that like, I think given that it's been so long since the series ended and I'm going back and watching it and I'm watching it like, several episodes at a time and smashing through it in big chunks Yeah, that like I'm noticing these things because I'm literally one episode after another like it one day when I was just like needed to mentally check out from like all my schoolwork and stuff I think I did six or seven episodes in a row so when you are focused and paying attention seven in a row you'll be like wait like yeah two hours ago this happened why are you not yeah for sure whereas yeah and I feel like, too, like, you watching it, like, and I feel like that happens with a lot of these, I guess what people call, like, you know, age-old classics shows, right? Where people are like, these are the you know, some of the greatest shows ever made. You know, is once you start to watch those for the first time, like, 10 or 15 years later, there's kind of an added layer of expectations to it, you know, right? So it's like, you're going to notice when it doesn't hit more because people have talked it up over the years, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's... No, absolutely. Like with with the Sopranos and like with the Wires, the other one I can think of off the top of my head, given the previous hype behind them and how they're like, you know, universally, you know, seen as like some of the greatest TV series that have ever like existed. Not only do I go in with like higher expectations so that when I am, you know, missing missing those points, I notice them more. But I feel like especially with an older show that gets so much praise, if like unintentionally and subconscious and subconsciously it forces me to go in with not just a 
I'm here to be entertained as I am with like everything else. I'm going in with a more critical. Yeah, because you want to know why are people saying these are some of the greatest shows ever made, right? Yeah. So it's, there's that added layer versus like when I watched uh, The Sopranos and The Wire, like I didn't go in with that. You know, people were just like, these are really good shows. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, I, like I love them. So it's, yeah. Yeah, I think that that totally plays a part in it, which I don't know if that helps or worsens it or whatnot. But No, it's still a good show. And I yeah. can still like, even though I'm not done, I like with this one, I can understand like, okay. Yeah. Like, despite the things that I feel are unresolved and these, like, little, like, plot holes that I'm discovering, like, as a whole, it's still a really good show, yeah. and I can understand why it sits at the top of so many lists. Yeah, exactly. So, I, in personal opinion, I can't say the same about The Wire. Hey. I like, I'm, like I said, personal opinion. I'm not taking digs at you, but, like, I went in with the same kind of fucking mindset yeah. that I did with this where like I'm everyone talks about it they praise it I'm going yeah. in to be entertained but I'm going to be critical cuz I yeah. want to see if this you know really yeah. does hold up and for me personally that one just didn't yeah. but this one absolutely has yeah that's fair so I'm excited to see how the last uh, 6 or 7 or 8 episodes here plays out especially yeah. cuz I just hit the turning point with is it Polly uh, the one who's got like the gray stripes in the side of his hair okay yep i think that's polly it's amazing how like i watched an episode yesterday and i already i'm already I, forgetting character names i believe yeah polly yeah how it, it's interesting because i'm at a where i'm i'm at the point in the season where he's like and throughout the last couple seasons he's been like even though he's a yes man to tony yeah. he's been kind of like distancing himself from tony kind of like starting to be like oh yep. i don't believe in what you're asking us to do or what you're telling us to do and like having some disagreements like you can tell that like as the show and as the timeline progresses that he's starting to think less and less highly of tony and starting yep. to become more defiant and yep. i just hit the episode where they're convincing the fucking construction worker kid to not sell the company and then to sell right. it to someone else and stuff and like tony told Polly, like leave the kid alone like now that we have we've figured out the deal and who's going to buy what and what the cuts are going to be like leave the kid alone yep. and then Polly went behind tony's back and like broke his fucking leg and was like hey you're paying me five grand a month i'll be here on this day and if you say anything to tony like i'm gonna fucking kill you yep so it's like okay so like we're seeing him slowly progress and distance himself and be a little more defiant and now we're starting to see a full-blown like polly don't give a shit about what tony thinks polly's gonna do polly yeah which and is you, interesting yeah because i feel like um a lot of that show and like especially in the later seasons and stuff is like this weird transition of like it's it them being you know trying to be the old school gangsters you know in a in a world that doesn't accept that mm -hmm. right and it's this slow transition to like does this whole old school thing still work you know and for the first few seasons like it totally does you know and then as you start getting into the later seasons they start to like skirt those lines of like hey, it's not it's not the good old days anymore right you know it's i yeah. don't remember if you've gotten to this part or not where and, they try to shake down the coffee chain yes okay yeah. Yes, and they're just like no, like I, I need corporate approval for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I I totally get what you're saying, and I do like that. It, it's yeah. interesting that because none of that started happening until this season. Yeah. So, but it is it is interesting because that definitely plays into the mindset of Tony, where like 
it definitely you've seen glimpses where he's debated like does he want to do this anymore like after yeah after his uncle shot him he was kind of yeah. like is so, this the life i want that was the other thing that really irritated the fucking shit out of me side note while we're talking about it after he gets yeah. shot and he's having these coma dreams like okay fine i'll deal with like a coma dream but they were like full episodes of coma dreams right and it's like just the most absolutely bizarre ones like being stuck in a hotel with no id and pe and like people confusing him for somewhere else and then at one scene he's in the living room of his house with a horse and his oh, wife right. is telling him to take the horse out of the living room and it's like no this isn't some like i i feel like what they were going for is like oh we're going to show these dream sequences and they're going to be representative of these feelings like these are going to translate like if you were to decrypt what the dreams mean, they mean a certain thing and they're trying to like lead us to come up to that. But the dreams were so fucking bizarre and wild. It's just like anyone could pull anything out of it. But at the end of the day, because there's no clear, not even a clear, but not even like a semi stomped route to kind of lead you as to what the train of thought here is. Right. It just became pointless. Right. Yeah, and I don't remember those dream ones to be honest. So. They were I I don't know how you couldn't, man. Like the one I'm, episode was like almost the whole episode was him doing dreams. And it and it wasn't just like one episode. There were several episodes where they had like very long extended dream sequences. I remember so the, the horse one. I don't remember the the other one. It, it yeah, it it almost it legit got to the point where I was like getting ready to just completely skip the episode. I'm like, if this oh, yeah. is like at one point, one of his like inner dream sequences was like 20 some minutes. And I'm like, I'm just going to skip to the next episode because this is showing no signs of letting yeah, up. Yeah. And I'm enough. not interested in seeing Tony's messed up dreams. Fair enough. That's fair. But yes, I, on the whole, I'm enjoying it. I'm hoping yep. that it, it ends. Well, I mean, I know the very last scene, so Everything leading up to that, I guess, will determine how I feel about that ending. But yeah, but it yeah. just it it's reminiscent of Supernatural to me in the sense where like I know this is the last season, and I know that we're coming to a conclusion. But it feels like they're not building to it. Like they're doing all this like stuff that they do in previous seasons as filler and not addressing whatever they need to address to lead to the finale. Right. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be curious on your thoughts on how that ends because I thought it ended fine, except for how, except for the last scene. Like I remember being into it, and then how they had the final scene. I was like, "Man, what the fuck!" Well, and that's that seems to be the general consensus I've heard from everyone who's watched the show has been like, "There was so much potential, but to just have the diner fade to black, what the fuck is that?" Yeah, like I remember like getting to the end of that show being like okay like they've wrapped this up enough where i was like all right with it and then like they ended it with that scene and i was like wait fucking what i was like yeah yeah so i'll be curious what you think of where where it goes well i'll keep you posted on that yeah yeah sopranos yeah that's all i gotta say on that and that's literally all i watched this week was more sopranos in the supernatural finale Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched too much else. I mean, I keep watching The Mandalorian every Friday, which that show is still real fucking good. It's, it's something I've been meaning to get into. I just haven't taken the time yet. Yeah, I find now, like, 
because the new episode comes out Friday. Like I find like Friday morning, I'm like getting excited to come home after work and be like, oh man, I gotta watch the new Mandalorian. Um, like it's kind of bringing that Star Wars excitement out in me where I'm like, this is really good and I'm really excited to check the new episode out. Mm-hmm. And Dancing with the Stars says it's finale on Tuesday, so that'll be oh, interesting. Boy. Yeah. That's all well, I've watched as well. Well, I guess uh, I guess that's our fucking cue to shut her down. Yeah. Uh, I'll catch you on the next one. Later. <laughs>